This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen? A podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. Today we're beginning our sequels month by discussing, wait, you've never seen Die Hard 2? Die Harder. Oh man, this movie. Yeah? So, um, up front, let's talk about how there was lots of blood. So that's, um... If that's something that grosses you out, maybe not the movie for you. But I can definitely say that if you are uh, triggered by any sort of terrorism involving airplanes or airports, this is definitely, definitely, definitely not the movie for you at we, all. We watched this kind of right before I got on a plane. I, and I, then I realized, now understand why you didn't want to watch that. I realized this was a bad <laughs> idea. I thought about, I, I was on a plane thinking about being in the ejector seat thing <laughs> that Bruce Willis is in at the end. Oh man, that's all. That's all I had though for upfront warnings. Yeah, I have. Sorry, this is kind of neither. Well, this is here. Uh-huh. I was gonna say this is ne- neither here nor there. But when I'm on a plane, I don't like being by the engines because if I glance out the window, I think about what that heat would feel like on my face when the engine explodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why when I'm on a plane, I don't want to know that I'm there. I love not to know. Anyway. I just get motion sick all the time. So any kind of air travel or road travel or any travel is unpleasant for me. But moving on. What three things were you expecting <laughs> from this movie? Um, I thought it won't be said at Christmas because nobody says... Die Hard and Die Hard 2 are Christmas movies. It's only ever just the first Die Hard. You only get tricked once. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I thought there would be more explosions, more hanging out of buildings, more yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Um, and for the love of God, can I have an explanation of Die Hard? What does the phrase mean? Die hard. I need an explanation. Can't kill John McClane. That's not good enough for you. Well, then why die harder? Like that. It's even more difficult the second time around. Oh, my Lord. I don't know if this movie falls. So you got a little bit of what you're looking for, I think. Or what you might have been expecting here and there. Yes, I thought we would discuss that after the IMDb stuff. And What is your one-sentence TV guide explanation, description of this movie? Do you want me to tell you my stars first? I'm sorry. Yes, I do. Well, I really liked the first one. It was before we did the stars ratings. We didn't start the stars ratings until Greece. Okay. Yeah, um, that so- was our first, that was our inaugural. Yes. So, I don't have a comparison, um, but I really liked the first one, so I'm guessing that I will like this one, too. So, I was going to give it four stars. Oh, see. And my one, to live up to. My one-sentence TV guide summary <clears throat> is, yes. John McClane and Carl Winslow are back, and this time it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Er. Dad's better than the real. <laughs> Although we got no John, we got no Winslow. Did we get we get Winslow for a second though, right? Yes, yes. Uh, they faxed to run the fingerprints that yeah. they faxed over. Okay. It's well, we'll get tech. to that. We'll get to that. That was the, this movie came out about seventy five years ago. You have to <laughs> so the IMD, IMDb says about this movie: John McClane attempts to avert disaster as rogue military operatives seize control of Dulles National Airport in Washington D.C. Yep, that's about what happened. Excellent. So um, it was set at Christmas. Which uh, which surprised me because really like everybody there are some hardcore people that are either like Die Hard is a Christmas movie and nobody can tell me otherwise and yeah. if you don't think it's a Christmas movie then you don't know what you're talking about and then there's complete opposite people who is like how can you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie it's not about Christmas blah 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 and then there are reasonable reasonable people who are kind of in the middle like. I think it's a Christmas movie, but I can see how other people would not think it's a Christmas movie. There's a whole debate. Like, just because it's set at Christmas, does that make it a Christmas movie? Although, one could argue, although I'm not really making this argument, but one could argue that traveling by plane is a very Christmassy thing to do. You go home to see your family, you know? True. So, um, so I wasn't expecting that it would be set at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um... I there was definitely more explosions. There wasn't hanging out of buildings, um, but there was a lot of. There was shooting out of planes. Is that? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of action stuff. I I think probably more action than the first one. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the 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 template of part two of any movie that involves you killing people. The second one, way more people are supposed to die. Exactly. And I get, well, they did blow up a whole plane full of people. Yeah. Two planes full uh, of people. With, with Chief O'Brien as the pilot. Yeah. Cole Meany. Um, yeah, I think 230-something people. So, like... Souls. They say souls. Body count planes. way higher than the first movie. Yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that, I guess. But it's not, it's not like they came in with... It's not like the terrorists... I guess what I'm thinking of is the... I was thinking there might be more terrorist deaths, but there really weren't. I see. I don't think. I see. And there is still no explanation of Die Hard we could, officially made in the movie. Like, I understand we could Google it's it. hard to kill him. <laughs> it's hard for him to die. But I need an explicit explanation. I just feel like, I, in my heart, I need it. So what if it's something, like, just ridiculous and... Uh, Product placement like it's about the battery, the diehard battery. I don't like that. I would be disappointed. Like, I would appreciate that there's an explanation, but I would be disappointed in that explanation. Well, I mean, you're just, it's complicated, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think we should move on. Yes. So, has your opinion changed? You gave it four stars, and after and seeing it, after seeing it. I didn't like it as much as the first one, mm. but I still give it four stars. Okay, you stay at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was getting a little into the, for me personally, it was getting in a little into the gratuitous violence category. It, yeah, and, I get it. Um, so that's why I didn't <clears throat> like like it quite as much as the first one, but I really did like both of them. 
Like, if you said, hey, let's watch the Die Hard movies, I wouldn't roll my eyes and be like, oh, my God, why do we have to do this? <laughs> These are the most ridiculous movies ever made. I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, let's do a, a Die Hard marathon or something. Fair enough. Um, my TV Guide summary was not really right. Um, I, I understand why Carl Winslow, Reginald Vell Johnson, what, his name is Al something in the movie, I think. I can't remember his last name. Anyway, mm-hmm. Carl Winslow. Yes. He was in the movie for a, like a short couple scenes when John McClane called him to get him to run the fingerprint in the database. Al Powell. Powell. Um, That's his name. So Carl Winslow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's hard to look at that face and not think of just Carl Winslow. Right? Yes, that's true. Um, but I understand since it was set in D.C. and Carl Winslow works for LAPD, I understand why he wasn't as as involved in this movie. And I appreciate that there was kind of like a little cameo sort of situation. Um <clears throat> I do not appreciate how you can run fingerprints that you've received via fax. I still receive faxes in this year of 2019. We still receive faxes at work, and they're still, like, almost illegible. How are you going to run a fingerprint that somebody faxed to you? Yeah, there's no nuance to the way fax... And they must be even more, more useless in 1990. Yes, I agree. So, I think the movie should be called Die Hard, It's Never Over. It's never over. No. We've talked about this with other movies like Halloween, Halloween, Terminator. Do not turn your back. It's never over. You think you've killed John McClane? He's not dead. He's not. You know what? He's the Michael Myers of this movie if Michael Myers was a good guy. Oh, that's that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he just won't die. Yeah. Die more, hard. <laughs> and even more so than, like, the Terminator actually does die. We just can open up a time bubble thing. The time thing they say. We can just um, send... Spoiler alert. We can just keep sending them back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's never... You think it's over? It's never over. You don't think it's over. Lesson for all action movies. Never over. Um, oh, I did get the yippee Kaye motherfucker <laughs> moment that I was expecting oh, in big, this movie. Yes. Big explosion. A plus. A plus plus. I didn't want to say... Did you... Were... I didn't want to discuss it any further when you said you were looking for the big... A big explosion, a big event. Using yes. that phrase, yes, you're looking for that, and I, I was, I held back. I didn't. I don't know if you were expecting it in the second one. When we recorded for the first Die Hard, and I complained about not getting a big explosion, you said that they rectified it in later movies, but you uh, didn't did specify <laughs> which one. Could have been in the third one, which is arguably maybe the worst one. <sighs> Sean is going to write you hate mail now. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun movie, but it's just, it's not, it's the least diehardy of the diehards. Unless you count the, maybe the fifth one. I don't know. I there's haven't also, seen any of those. There's a sixth one in production. I believe it's Die Hard Doodle Dandy. That's not and, a real uh, thing. No, it's not. 
<laughs> I'd go see Die Hard Doodle Dandy. You would uh, see anything with Bruce Willis. He has to be a no-nonsense cop. It's true. Or a cop like... <laughs> anyway, I think we can move on. Um, I noticed that the communists are the bad guys in this movie instead yes. of the Germans. R.I.P. Hans Gruber. Oh, poor Hans. I liked him. Well, no, I, well, I guess I like the actor. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, I liked. He was cool. Um. Okay. So last time when we talked, I'm not, I'm not to today's technology okay. in in our <clears throat> progress yet. I have some thoughts about. But I did general. want to mention. <clears throat> yes. That last time I had said. Why are they all talking on the same channel? The bad guys can hear the good guys, and they all just know, everybody knows what's happening. Right. This time, they had code-protected walkie-talkies. Yes. So, boom, solved that problem right there. That was smart, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, until you kill a guy who's already put the code in. Right. And now you got it. Right. <laughs> Why weren't they paying attention to what John, like, I can understand the first time he goes in there, and he's like... There's terrorists or there's people, like, whatever he does. Right. It's, it's been, like, a week since we've seen this movie. Yeah. Um, you get the guy from NY, uh, the guy from NYPD Blue going, That's not right, McLean. This is, this is my jurisdiction. Right, but, like, the second, even the second time he might be, uh oh, maybe, the, but, like, he repeatedly kept being uh, proven correct right. in his, like, what he's telling them. Eventually... I would think they would be like, okay, bring him in. He obviously knows something that's going on. He's dealt with people like this before. Maybe we need his expertise. Obviously, I know it's because John McClane has to be the rogue agent who's going to save the day and everything. I'm just saying those other characters need to take their heads out of their ass and try to save these people before Chief O'Brien crashes a plane into the runway. So, you're right. Story-wise, they could have done something a little more interesting, like made it more difficult, somehow cut off John McClane, John McClane from even getting to the authorities. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have to have... Because then you have to have them just not believing him or, you know, finding a reason to kick him out. Right. You know I mean, there, there should have been... Because the... Because, right, in order to have a Die Hard movie, obviously you need Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. You need to have... Um, a terrible situation. He needs to be pushed into a situation. He's not... He doesn't volunteer. Right. I mean, at a certain point, I guess he could have just done nothing in the in the, in the the building in the first one. The, right. But he... There has to be a point where he's kind of like... He's forced to take action. The reluctant hero. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so he can't be the reluctant hero if everyone's just like, yeah, you know what? Come on, John McClane, you run the operation from sure, the tower. Yeah, he has to true. go out there with the with the fire rags and try to get the Star Trek guy's attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has to do all of that. Well, and when the when the terrorists cut off the communication and they're like, you have 30 seconds to communicate with whoever, and then we're cutting everything off. I assume that meant any communication anywhere. But they were still able to call in the cavalry, cavalry, um, you know, because the SWAT team or the military, whoever, comes in 
to try because they're like the um they um they're the double crossers yeah right mm-hmm. so yeah that's a good point that was a someone should have said wait <laughs> but you don't want to say hey mr terrace is it okay if we call outside of the airport because then you're giving your game away you know what i'm saying well <clears throat> that's true I still have a couple of other things, but I kind of want us to alternate, so I'm not well, my thing monopolizing is that I have the whole a, conversation. I mean, I don't have... So I have one thing. It's more about the near the very end. So you have this giant military cargo jet, the kind that presumably you can roll a tank up into. Uh-huh. And it's somehow, it's accessible from the ground with no ladder or stairs. John McClane can just, whatever pithy thing he says, like, runs up to the plane and can just jump right on it and start punching the bad guys. Right. I don't think that's the thing. <laughs> I think that plane would blow up when it landed. Probably. Unless its landing gear has, like, <laughs> is, like, extra long, and that seems dangerous. So, yeah. That was silly. Yes. Or I don't, and I, I again, I could be wrong about the jet, but that seems just not probable. I agree. There are a lot of um, unrealistic events in this movie. <laughs> but, I mean, Bruce Willis is in a lot of unrealistic movies, like Armageddon. No, that was a documentary about how <laughs> Bruce Willis saved the world. Yes. Um, okay, so I noticed... the Okay, the terrorists hold up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And then when when they're giving their commands to the um, to the airport guys, okay. the main bad guy, I can't remember his name, he was like at the pulpit, like expounding on whatever he was saying. And I'm like, is yeah. that supposed to be sort of a religious symbol where he's like this yeah. Like, evil person, but he's overtaking this religion. Like, I didn't know how to really piece that together, but it seemed like there was some sort of symbolism there. There's definitely, yeah. Stuart. Stuart. All all it says is he's in the casting crew on IMDb. It just calls him Stuart. But, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Almost like a perversion of, you know, the bad guys are speaking from... A church, and you know, I don't think it was a coincidence that their headquarters was a church. Yeah, and then the last thing I had was, and I think I asked you this while we were watching it, is they're in D.C. Yes, the the planes are circling overhead, running out of fuel. Mm-hmm. It's obviously an emergency. And the airport people can, they can call the military to get them to come. Why don't they call the, like, whoever runs Andrews Air Force Base and be like, hey guys, um, we have this terrorist incident happening. Can you just call those planes to land over there real quick? You don't even have to let them come up to the terminal or whatever, you know, because that. Just get them on the ground. Just get them on the ground thereby negating the leverage that the terrorists have over them. That's true. Like, I don't know the actual distance, but they're Dulles and Andrews Air Force Base are both in D.C. That's where the president 
flies out from usually if I'm correct. And is there a secret is there like uh, a secret way that Andrews Air Force uh, the Air Force can speak to pilots and planes where it wouldn't even the terrorists wouldn't even know that they're the pilots are being talked to right on a separate channel right I don't know how that works so I'm just saying like I understand there's a whole security risk in having commercial planes land at an Air Force base but I'm also saying these people were gonna die and it's like an actual emergency mm-hmm. so I just had a question about that yeah and also it's interesting that the well this is a movie that could obviously only happen, you know, pre-9-11. Right. Terrorists literally using planes as weapons. Right. Um, but, so at the time, there was something novel about, there weren't bombs on the planes, but they did have the potential to kill thousands of people. Right. By and, just having them. And when they said they had, like, at one point, somebody, probably Bruce Willis, is giving an impassioned speech about, like, <laughs> there's a thousand people up there. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so many planes. No, it was, like, five planes. It five planes. Yeah, because yeah. weren't the, the ones that could make it to other airports. But isn't there Ra- Reagan? Reagan is another airport. in. Uh... Yeah, Reagan is another airport. So. It seems like there would have been some options to divert the planes elsewhere. Yeah. We... we... We already came up with two other airports. Well, right they said they in the area. they said they sent one of them to like Atlanta or something. I I just have questions. That's all. I gotcha. So the Bechtel test. What do you think? Can't couldn't have passed. It actually did, oh. by just by a hair, because when Douchey McDoucherson on the plane, the network news guy um, Walter Peck from Ghostbusters. Yes. He, um... His name is uh, Thornburg. Thornburg. He gets on the plane, and he's all douchey, and like, don't you know who I am? I am very important. Right. He has that voice, the kind of waivers. So the, it, it's established that one of the flight attendants is named Connie, because, like, Connie says, oh, who, I can't remember the other woman's name, but, like, let's say it's Sarah. Like, oh, Sarah, do you know who it is? I sure don't, Connie. Do you know who it is? So, oh, they're talking about a man, ta- Let me weave my tail. Oh, I'm sorry. So later in the movie, yes. when um, Holly is getting concerned that they've been circling the airport for so long, yes. she asks the flight attendant, Connie, do we have enough fuel to keep circling like this? What's the fuel situation? Mm-hmm. And Connie says something like, um, oh, I'm sure it's fine. You know, we should be landing soon or whatever so i mean it's just like one or two lines but since the name of the flight attendant I was see. established <clears throat> then it technically passes yeah i gotcha um pop so culture references oh um no disable uh disability portrayal really in this i mean i don't think so there was a lot of, you know, action movie type stuff. Yeah, and, which usually does not include. And even the bad guys didn't even have disabilities, I don't think. Because in a, especially in an action movie, that's usually the hallmark is they're going to have an eye patch or a scar on their face yeah. or something. A wheelchair and a cat on their lap. Something like that. Well, having a cat on your lap is not a disability. I'm sorry. No. So, Yes. Pop culture references? Um, 
Not any that I didn't already have from Die Hard. Like I think there's one in particular. I wrote I wrote one down that I okay. that I'm like oh like when when it was happening in the movie I was like looking at you like does this look familiar? But I didn't want to say anything. What was it? When in Archer, do you remember when Lana turns around and shows Archer by shooting the guns, the the submachine guns, shows that they're blanks. Oh yeah. That's a total <laughs> that's a total diehard <laughs> homage. I see. Fake bullets, I think she shouts. Yeah, that's when they're at the at the spa and he has Archer has amnesia and so they're battling the fake KGB who's really Krieger and Cyril. Yeah. So they have fake blanks. bullets. Fake, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I did not think of that. Because there's that scene where, where in Die Hard, where John McClane proves that the, you know, the, what's the team that goes in to to sort of subdue the terrorists and they're really double crossers. Um, was it the SWAT team or a military? So, or something? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, that group of people, when he proves that they're fake, that it's blanks, he shoots the gun wildly at everyone. <laughs> Which is totally the way you do that. And he and would not, have been he would have been shot dead as soon as he opened fire. He would have had nine bullets from seven different people in him. Right. For sure. <laughs> but I think most of them, like, you get from the the uh, first movie. And some of those carry over into the second movie. I don't think there were fake... I don't think there were no, blanks, I'm saying most of the... I see, most well, of no, the references. Um, he did give Hans Gruber that gun, remember? With no, with no bullets. With no bullets. And that was a, like a Beretta or something, not a submachine gun. But anyway, True. Anyway, True. we're splitting hairs here. So, how would this movie be different with today's technology? Okay, there were a couple of things that I noticed... Pagers were a big thing. Like, that's how Holly and John McClane um, communicated. Right. Like, for somebody to call somebody. So cute when you, when you have to go to a payphone when you're out in public. There were payphones not just in the airport. There was a payphone on the plane. On the plane. Right. And not just the... There used to be the phone in front of you in the in the back of the, the head seat. Right. Know, the, the seat. There used to be that kind of phone that was a zillion dollars. Yeah. Not even that, but literally. It like, had like the, a pay phone like on the side, like almost a little booth. In the galley section yeah. of yeah. the plane. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's just, I can't imagine that was ever a thing. I can't imagine that was ever really a thing. I, I never went on a plane prior. To, well, I went on a plane when I was like a year old. But as an adult, I never went up on a plane prior to 9-11. So I don't know. I see. I don't know what they did prior to that. You know, they still have in brand new planes. Not to brag, but when I was when I was flying over the holidays, the planes I took, they were all like absolutely brand new. You know, very, very much looked and felt and were pretty new planes but in the bathrooms they even though they say like there's absolutely no smoking there's never no smoking they still have the little no smoking lights Uh just to remind you please don't smoke don't even vape and but in the bathrooms they still build into the bathroom a little ashtray (laughs) you know why they do that 
Because somebody's bound to smoke, right? Yeah. And you don't want it to start a fire with all the toilet paper or some you something. You just throwing your throwing your cigarette butts or matches into the what? into the into the trash. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there were also fax machines, as we mentioned earlier. I mean, we still use faxes at work today because it's more actually strangely more secure than sending uh, personal documentation through email because mm. email is pretty easily hackable if mm-hmm. if the right person does it um but uh not even our faxes today aren't good enough for fingerprints you would scan that stuff in put it in the database or there's probably some internet database that John McClane would have been able to log into right from that Well, he'd have to have someone desk. do that for him because he would be all belligerent about whatever today's technology was. Yes. <laughs> yes, true. Um, and did you notice that they synchronized their watches? I didn't notice that. Yes. that oh, that's like an old, like, that's like an old um, action movie. Right, because you oh. don't, like, right... You know now everybody has Everyone their cell phones and they're all on saying. the same on the same sort of is it an atomic clock digital clock yeah I'm not sure where the where the time gets sucked in from but there there's no need to synchronize watches unless you're actually wearing a an analog watch so your phone's clock isn't going to give you seconds so if you want to go by the seconds i think True. you would still i mean not you can't readily see the seconds you can't just hit the hit the button i'm just seeing minutes right so if you know you want the the attack to happen at you know 10:57 in 2 seconds i guess you still need to True that's a good point i had not thought of that see mhm 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 um so yeah i just, how it would be different with today's technology i just think a lot of the technology would be you would i don't know i think at a certain point like with phones on the planes yeah wouldn't you be able to get to the pilots with a cell phone well yeah i'm thinking after a certain because of course you're not supposed to have your phones on on the airplane you're supposed to put it in airplane mode but i would think after a certain amount of time you don't know what's going on like somebody's gonna break the rules and turn their phone on and call their mom or call their whoever and be like what the hell is going on Right. I mean, I see the pilot. The pilot knows uh, we're endlessly circling here. I have an hour's worth of fuel left. I'm making a phone call because none of this seems. I'm sure to a pilot, none of that seems right. Yeah. Why are we just circling the weather not being that bad? That was really smart what they did where they changed the beacon signal yeah. to where it was like, hey guys, we're under terrorist attack, so just be cool and uh, we'll get back to you when we can. Yeah. Which I guess they had some sort of explanation instead of just... Why didn't they just tell all the pilots like... Well, I guess because they... Again, well, it goes back to that. In this, in this universe, <laughs> Dulles is the only... Right, the only, the only airport, airport within two hundred within one hour's worth of fuel. <laughs> oh my goodness! Did you have anything else to discuss? I think that's plenty. 
Okay, so you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. Rough transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter under WaitYNS, and you can also email us at WaitYou'veNeverSeen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching... Well, we're... Cool rider, a cool rider. I haven't... No one knows what you're talking about. If he's cool enough, he can burn me through and through. Whoa! Sorry. She's miming like she has a (laughs) microphone. So we're going to... Grease 2, we should say, is just next on the list. Whether or not I'll actually sit through the entire thing or not... Oh, you're going to sit through the whole thing. Okay. (laughs) So... It's going to be like, see, I already know this reference from A Clockwork Orange, where I'm just going to put the things on your eyes. The lid locks. So you have to, yeah, so you have to watch. Okay, Okay, so this will be the last podcast we do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening.